Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Yeah, great job. Great job. You're doing a great job. Father's Day. Fathers get a bad rap. It's a word that's copped a bit of a bad rap lately, especially if you're white male. White male and a dad, you're, you're the problem in the world. You're the problem. No, you're not. You're not. That's just rhetoric that's going around at the moment. But what Adrian was just saying, channeling that father, this morning I just want to um, speak from a father's heart, but also about, because the only, only way I've got a father's heart is because I've met with the father and I've got to know the father and I'm getting to know the father. Um, yeah, father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for the clear accurate, succinct and precise way that you showed us the Father's glory, the Father's name, the Father's kingdom, the Father's practices. You showed us everything about the Father. Holy Spirit, release that again today, that we would know the Father. Our aim is to know Him, to know Him, to know Him, because He's the only way we get to know what this life is all about and who we are. Father, do it today, a new deposit by your Spirit, exactly how each one of us hears, exactly how we need to respond. Cause an awakening in our hearts and encounter like we've never had before with your Father heart. And I ask this in Jesus' name, the Saviour, the Captain of Heaven's armies. Jesus, the authority by which every name above, on and below the earth must bow its knee. Amen and amen. You're so good, Father. Oh, you've done it all for us. Amen. Oh, grab your seat. Shake hands with someone. Some of you have already grabbed your seats. That's good. I'm glad you're that comfortable that you can do that. We've got another microphone. Gong, where's your microphone? Dan the man, where are you? Oh, you're behind the pillar. Can I have your mic? Hey, Dan the man. Dan the buffalo man. Hey, can you give him? Oh, come up the front anyway. So, yes, we just got back from um, a conference, a seminar in Melbourne, and it was on fivefold ministry and leading in the church. And the church that we visited have a very strong um, fivefold leadership executive. It's like an eldership that is the fivefold. And to be honest, it's the only functioning fivefold leadership that I've seen. I know there's others, but these, these guys are functioning in it very strongly. Um, so we went and had a look. They had their first seminar and opened it up, and it was extremely, um, yeah, stimulating, <laughs> exciting. It's the way that it was meant to be. The fivefold ministries were all in Jesus' body. He, he showed us that fivefold. He was the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor all in one. And those fivefold ministries are still in the body. Still in Jesus' body today. We've got to awaken them. That's how we equip everybody. It was that gifting and that grace that Jesus equipped everybody with to build the church. So last night I rang up Daniel and said, Daniel, you've got a prophetic word from God for the church. And he says, have I? (laughs) And of course he does. He just goes, yeah, yeah, I'll have one. And so um, this is part of that prophetic. This is part of the, the office of what God wants leadership to function in. And it's not just leadership. These are the graces that he gives us to equip the church to go forward. So 
Have I pumped you up too much? He's just a, like, you've got to really raise your intellect now. You're, you're listening to a farmer. <laughs> Farmers have got every problem-solving, you know, initiative on the planet within their body. Like, they're just amazing farmers. What you can't do with a farmer isn't worth doing. They'll just make anything happen. Have I, have I built you up enough yet? <laughs> I'm ready. Who's ready to? Yeah, amen. Thank you, Father. Um, it's interesting. Uh, um, I did have a word, but I didn't really want to say it. Um, I got one probably two weeks ago. And uh, I really... It's probably been my... Probably my top four to five encounters with God. Um, oh, it lasted from the bridge to Mildura all the way to Kerrang. Oh, wow. Three hours. It was just, oh, it was amazing. And I was thinking, God, how will, how will I ever say this? How will, how will I do this? And it was, it was really this, it was a summary of probably the last 10 years of what God's been talking to me, you know, probably even 20 years. And um, yes, not long ago, I had a vision and this young girl came to me and she said, she had a platter and she said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then I heard the chef cry out and say, come buy from me gold. Come buy from me gold. You see, we taste so that we come by. In, in the, you know, when they give you a little bit, they give you a taste of it so that you will come by and you'll pay the price to eat and be full. He wants you to be satisfied with him, but you have to come and buy. Now, this is a word for the church on whole, but it's also a word for this church. I was, um, probably three weeks ago, I was mulling over Isaiah chapter 60. It says, I rise, shine, for the light has come. And the glory of the Lord, I can't remember the last bit, like, will come upon you, has risen on you, yes. Then it says, and darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness its people. And then that hit me. And Jesus said something about gross darkness being in you. He said, if the light in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, he was speaking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were not discerning who was in front of them. So by their knowledge, they couldn't discern, by their knowledge of God, they couldn't discern who was in front of them. And then he said, your knowledge is darkness because you can't even discern who I am. So how great is your darkness? Now, this is a word for the, the church. It says, after that, it says, 
and gross darkness. It says, and arise, shine for the glory of the Lord. Now, let me just go back a bit. It says, come buy from me gold. How do we buy gold from God? We're not literally buying gold, but we're buying something to the equal value of it. And it says in in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 12, it says, like a fine earring of gold. Actually, I've got to read it. I want to get it right. <laughs> it's um is it is it can you um put up proverbs chapter 25 verse 12 in the niv it says i counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich so you're buying gold so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shame and nakedness and salve on your eyes so that you can see. And it says... Like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise judge to a listening ear. Hmm. Now, like, it says, it's, it's not gold, but it is like, it is like the value of gold is a rebuke from a wise judge. So if you will suffer the rebuke of a wise judge, and it says, and in the King James it says, to an obedient ear. So if you have an obedient ear to the wise judge, that is equivalent to fine gold. Yeah. And let me tell you something. It is. It is. So do you want to become rich? Yeah. Now the church, when, when Linda and I, Linda and I were probably on our first or second time coming home from the church, she said to us, she said to me, she said, wow, Daniel, we really had the presence of God on the farm. And, and we went through the screwer, like we were, we were screwed, like we were screwed on every way. And we, we didn't have anything to suffice us other than his presence. And we didn't know what a gift it was until we came out of it. Now, the the, one of the problems with the church is they can s- be satisfied with something other than his presence. You can put on a show, you can put the lights, the camera, the action, and you can be satisfied with talent. And even to some part the anointing, but not pay the price for his presence. And the, and the Lord, probably my, my cry to you as a church, and probably, I don't call myself a prophet, but I want to be, you know. Um, I've always wanted to be a prophet. 
my cry for to you from the prophetic voice is you are satisfied with where your hunger is. And if you don't have a great hunger, you will not have a great presence. And church, coming from the desert, I want to implore you that you have been satisfied with a lot less than what he has for you. And I said to Steve a few words, which is sort of like a permission for me to even speak this, is to Steve that, you know, in, it's, a, it's a journey of God stripping you of stuff that satisfies you for the temporary to be satisfied with the permanent. And I want to be on a journey with you to be after him. Together. Because, you know, you can not have a part of what I have. You can have the whole lot. But you have to put up with me. You have to hear me. Like there's, there's, a, there's a, a bit of a, a grinding together. Like this is part of family. You know, we, we get the gift of the person if we can put up with them. And they often say, like Jordan Peterson said, the ones with the greatest gift usually have, there's a cost benefit. He said the, the greatest gifts are usually the most costly to, you know, put up with. Like my best worker down there, I had to sack him. And he's come back, and now he's really good. <laughs> but it's, it's like, this, this is, and, and us prophetic people, we're probably a little bit like that. You know, we, but we need, we need our own, we, we think this is the way and, and our agenda and whatever, but we actually have to lay that down because, you know, and we have to allow God to, to give it to us. And I think I'll end it there. Okay. Thank you. Taste and see. There's so many things that are trying to make us taste them and consume it. And this is the way it is, guys. Have you, have you tasted this opinion yet? Have you tasted this thought, this ideology? Salvation belongs only to our God. There's no other realm that has salvation attached to it. Peace is the realm of our God. No one else has peace. They might have attributes of peace, but they don't have peace. Joy is from our God. Other things might give you joy, but joy only comes from God. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want this world to distract me from what God has, for me or for you. I feel like it, it is. You get, feel like you're conned every now and then, that you're like, hey, I'm following the wrong thing here. I'm getting lied to again. I don't like this. That's one good thing about our Father. Lies do not exist in His realm. Not at all. In fact, when deception came in, He said, get out. And didn't allow it to come back in. Okay, so it's Father's Day. I'm sorry, I'm going to break the atmosphere a little bit because I 
tried so hard to get some good dad jokes. And I've heard that only one in eight jokes is actually funny, dad jokes. So I've got 16. So uh, hopefully there's going to be two good jokes in here for you. So spring is here. I got so excited I wet my plants. Rest in peace, boiling water. You'll be missed. I once wrote a ballad about a tortilla, but it was more of a rap. I tell you now, if a guy tells you a dad joke and he's not got any kids, is he just a faux pas? Sales girl at Bunnings asked me if I wanted a box for my purchases, and I said, no, thanks, I don't like fighting. If you see a crime at an Apple store, are you an eyewitness? If the early bird catches the worm, I'm just going to sleep in until there's at least toast. <laughs> yeah, that's a, okay, that's one that's not funny, all right? We know that one. <laughs> the wedding was so beautiful, even the cake was in tears. Oh, I used to hate facial hair, but it grew on me. <laughs> I was deadly afraid of speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over it. Most, most people think prison's just a word, but to... Sorry, to, but to criminals, it's the whole sentence. Oh, that is painful. Okay, put your mathematic heads on right now. If I pour root beer into a square glass, is it just beer? That's not bad. I had a dream about being a muffler and I woke up exhausted. I used to be addicted to soap, but now I'm clean. And this is the one for today. One door opens and another door shuts. But the cars are fine apart from that. Nah, messed it up. I said it so well today. Told it to like about eight people. Hey, one door shuts and another one opens. But apart from that, the car's fine. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. One rejoices, we all rejoice. One mourns, we all rejoice. Mourn, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Okay, so these are some of Stephen's points on being from a father to a son. Um, I've never given these to Callum, but I am now. (laughs) And to Johnny and to Zach. Because I've got three boys now. I've got three sons and three daughters. I keep, somebody asked how many kids you got, and I said six, and they went, really? And I went, no, they've all got married, so yeah. Right. I've been listening to a song recently. It was Cat Stevens, uh, Father to a Son. It's not time to make a change. Who knows this song? Yeah? Keep going, Donnie said. Yeah. (laughs) He said, stop. Please stop. There's some really good truths in it, but it's not the truth. But I've been thinking about it, you know, there's things that you learn when you're older that you have no clue about when you're young. And when you try to explain it to someone who's young, they don't get it at all. Because what's in front of them is so important. And in this song, he says, I was once like you are now, and I know that it's not easy. Powerful words. Jesus came to this planet. He knew it wasn't easy, but he showed us the way. So there's ways through this life that have keys to open up heaven in it. And he showed us that. These are my points on how we see the Father's heart 
This is how we help everyone around us see the Father's heart. And this is how we grow through life. Be grateful, number one. Be grateful in life. I heard a joke a while back and it was somebody who went to heaven and they lined up to get their, their gifts in heaven and they were given just a little push bike. And they see other people, you know, that were under them, that were driving around in beautiful cars and they only get a motorbike and they, oh, sorry, a little push bike. So they're riding off down the street. Ding, ding, ding. Gold. Yeah, you've got to be marveling at what's around the, the trees by the river. You know, the leaves give healing to the nations. Ring, ring, riding on my bike. And then they see, they say, they start laughing. Somebody sees them, they go, what's this, what are you laughing about? And they tell the story. They've only got this bike and that's their reward. And I said, so why are you laughing? They said, I saw my pastor and he's on a skateboard. I couldn't ride a skateboard, so I'd be walking at the moment. But, but why is it that we only feel good about our life once we compare it to somebody else who's not doing so flash? Be grateful with your life. <laughs> and this is how you be grateful. Honour your father and mother in the Lord. That's how you begin with gratitude in your life. This, this statement here, honour your father and mother, is such a fraught with such danger nowadays because people go, you don't know the parents I've had. And it's like, no, I don't. But I know that they were only kids not long before you turned up. And they're just finding their way through life. And do we make mistakes? Yes, we do. We all make mistakes. Honouring your father and mother isn't about putting them on a pedestal. It's about saying, we're in life together. Honouring them, yes, you gave me life. Life passed through you to me. Hmm. If we can't just grab something out of that and say, we're going to honour that. But without honouring our mother and father, we are not going to be able to honour father. How can we honour something that is, how can we not honour something that is seen and then go to something that is unseen and try and honour that? God wants us to honour our mother and father, whether they're good or whether they're bad, whether they've been helpful or whether they've been a tyrant in your life. If you honour them, if they were absent or they were there annoying you all the time, if you honour them, if you just say, thank you, Father, for my parents, if they annoy the living daylights out of you, thank you, Father, for my parents. Honour your mother and father. Why? Because it's the first commandment with a promise that all would go well with you and you would live long in the land. I remember my mum speaking to me and said, Stephen, you've got to honour me and dad. And I'm like, oh, I was not a good son at times. I remember arguing with her at this point. For some reason, in my head, they were very unjust. I can't think of what it was at the mo at now because I was an idiot. But... Um, and I'm arguing with mum and she said, no, Stephen, you don't get it. You need to do this and you need to learn it so that all will go well with you. It's not for my benefit that I'm teaching you, Steve. It wasn't for, so that I'd make life easy for her, but that would have been a good byproduct. Be grateful. Gratitude begins at home. Search for truth. Search for truth. Don't search for a truth, search 
for truth. 3 John 1, 4 says, I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my spiritual children are living their lives in the truth. Search for truth. And I don't mean go looking on YouTube or Facebook. Don't even go to Jordan Peterson. Even though I love Jordan Peterson, don't go to him. Who has the truth? The Not A, not parts, not differentiations of, just the truth. Who is the carrier of the truth? Why would you go anywhere else? Where would we go? You have the words of life. Search for truth. There is so much trying to distract us, so many facts trying to show us that, yes, there, I'm a fact, I'm important. It's like, you're not the truth fact. Get out of my life. In the search for truth, learn to deny yourself. Oh, as I'm writing this down, it's like, Stephen, you need to do these things again. I'm like, I know, Stephen. Other Stephen. (laughs) Other Stephen's not here at the moment. Sorry. Learn to deny yourself. Oh, this is a tough one, isn't it? Who loves this? Who loves to deny themselves? Who loves to fast? Who loves to pray? Yeah? Why do you love to pray? You love the things that you get from it? You love the fruit? You value the fruit from prayer? Sorry, Lily, I'm just putting you on the spot. (laughs) Oh, I said love Jesus, sorry. Make yourself uncomfortable. And I'm not talking about cutting yourself or anything like that because that's just, but make yourself uncomfortable. Don't starve yourself and go, oh yeah, I need to do this. No, no, if you're going to fast, do it according to God's word and it's to honor him. Learn to deny yourself. Make yourself uncomfortable. I was going to have a cold shower this morning and then somebody banged on the wall and I went, oh, they need me. So I didn't have to get to have that cold shower. I'm soft. I'm sorry. I was there and I'm like turning the hot up, turning the hot up. And I'm thinking about make yourself uncomfortable and I just couldn't do it. I'd like to say I am, but we're all there, aren't we? Do we like to deny ourselves or do we find it hard to? It's actually hard to. I'm here to remind you today, you can. You can deny yourself. You can go without something in your life and it can make you better. You don't have to win every argument. You don't have to win every sport game. You don't. In fact, you're better if you don't. Okay, here's another point. This is straight from Stephen's heart to yours. Don't go for flashy or glam. Go for substance and value. Too many people go for flashy and glam. Don't go for substance and value in life. And especially in church, don't go for flashy and glam. Don't think that it's about being up on the platform. I can't wait until I get up here. No, no, no. Go for substance and value. This is just part. This is like a 2% part of what church is. Not even that. Maybe one. The one percenters. (laughs) Stop that. That's going the wrong way. Oh, don't go for flashy or glam in anything. Don't go for flashy or glam handbags. Go for substance and value. Don't go for flashy or glam shoes or pants or whatever it is in life. Don't go for flashy and glam. Go for substance and value, especially with people. 
Yep. Don't react to situations. Train your brain to respond in flight and fight moments. Don't react in situations. Train your brain well to respond. To respond. That means be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and slow to get angry. Quick to listen. Why am I saying these things? Because this is what I find the hardest to do. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, don't react. If someone comes to me with a problem, I, I almost... My first reaction, I've got to be honest here, is my insecurities and my laziness, usually, because I think I should have done something about that already. So if you come to me with a problem and I'm in task orientation, you'll get a defense wave. Just, well, I haven't done it because of my car. And if only I had blah, 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 blah. And then somebody just says, I just needed this done. And you're like, oh, sorry about that. Insecure Steve just turned up in a tsunami. Don't react in situations. Train your brain well to respond in flight or fight moments because we all have them. You know when adrenaline hits and you're just like, being adrenalized is not good for anyone. It just wears you out and it wastes everything. So you need to train yourself not to adrenalize your system. You got to train yourself. I'm safe. Do you know how many times a day I tell myself, you're safe, Stephen, you're safe. I go to fall over something because my leg's a little bit paralyzed and it's not operating. And I just go, you're safe. Pain goes bang. And I go, you're safe. You're okay. It's, no, it's, it's not nothing. You just keep going. So I've got to retrain my brain to respond well in moments like that. Okay, I'm moving on because we've, we're... Build good friendships to grow through, not just get through. Build good friendships to grow through. Not just to, it's not just a stepping stone. Don't have friendships to get through, get stuff through. You know, like, oh, I'm going to go and smooth up to somebody so I can have this connection and this is going to happen. Mm. Allow God to open those doors. Pray into things instead of trying to manipulate them. Build good friendships. Be a friend. That's what build good friendships means. Be a friend. Be friendly with people. Do not talk about yourself and your problems and everything that you've got. Ask questions. Build good friendships. If people want to know about you, they'll ask. Why am I saying this? Because this is what I find really hard to do. Kylie goes, why do you tell everybody your life story? Give it a little bit of mystery, you know, like, <laughs> hold some back. Okay, build good friendships. Build godly relationships. Godly relationships. I heard somebody once say, um, you are the average of, the, of your five best friends. You're the average of your five best friends. Who you kick around with and who you, you're the average. And if you're like going, well, I'm not as bad as that one, but I'm, I'm still, you're in the middle, you know, like, Mm. so you've got to have good friends that's what I'm saying who's speaking into your life who's encouraging you because I need that I need encouragement who's encouraging you are they encouraging you in the right things or are they just encouraging you in in what you want to hear from them this is how you grow this is making yourself uncomfortable ask some good questions from your friends 
Ask your wife, how are we traveling at the moment? I'm not going to do that. No, <laughs> no, it's a great thing to do. How are we traveling at the moment? Because as fellas, fathers, come on, we have no idea most of the time. We ask the nurturer and the comforter in the home, how are we traveling? Well, it's not looking good. <laughs> no, it's looking fantastic. Build good friendships, especially with your partner in life. If you've got other friends apart from your partner in life, it's not always like you're meant to, but my closest friend that knows everything about me is my wife. And there's something about that is so comforting. Yeah, and wonderful. That's the way it's meant to be. Build godly relationships. Now we're going to get down to practical. Grow your own food. This is so good. Why? Because... I have given you all the seed-bearing plants as your food, as your nutrition, as your healing, as your medicine, as your everything. And we're finding out more and more the benefits of that. Grow your own food. Why? Because it slows your life the heck down. We don't need anything to speed our life up at the moment. We need to cook. We need to grow our own food, cook from scratch, and slow the heck down. We've got to have time to spend and breathe, time to embrace and listen to one another, time to converse. And I'm not into or just talking. Just spending time with you guys is great. We need to do this. Grow your own food. Slow your life down. You might think, I haven't got time to do that. You need to. You need to. There's something I wish, when I was young, my dad was always growing things. And, and I was going, it doesn't matter. Dad's growing it out the back. Now I'm older. I'm like, why didn't I spend more time with my father growing things out there? And now I'm just failing all the time. And he could have helped me through it all. It's so important to grow our own food. We need to be grounded in life. We need to, that's another point. I'm going to jump ahead. I'm missing one. Be grounded. Be grounded in life. Go out and put your hands in the soil. Smell the soil. It's important. I used to taste the soil as well, but no, I, weirdos. Be grounded. Get out and get some sun. Do you know that we are now the most vitamin D deficient generation? We are. We're not getting out. We, we're so sm sun smart. We put sunnies on, hats on, shirts on, sunscreen on, and we go out in the sun and go, why am I so white? And why don't I have any energy? And it's like vitamin D. Why do we have like lots of instances of health issues at the moment just running out? We don't have any vitamin D. You need vitamin D to heal. It's a building block for our healing process. Get out in the sun, especially early in the morning. Get that infrared coming into your body. It is a healing mechanism. It's from God. Get grounded. Get out in the sun. Stop hiding behind tech. It's not a tool anymore. It's become an addictive coping mechanism. It learns how to better feed us so that we can have artificially injected dopamine. I hate that. I hate anything that's telling me what makes me happy. And I'm there, I'm going, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Little shots of dopamine. Oh, oh, I'm so happy when I'm on my phone. No, you're dead to me. You're dead to me, phone. It's, it's not even a tool anymore. It's become our, our gods, our idols. We, we turn to these and we go, oh, no, no, but everything I have comes through this. I'm like, 
I've got to find a better way. Because there's some, there's this great tool, bad master. Bad master, great tool. But the dopamine attached to this is very real. You've got to realize that. The artificial intelligence, the algorithms in this, are anything that you watch, anything you spend time, anything you even pause on for a millisecond, it's read that. It knows how to feed you more of what you like. And so you're wondering why you've got such a great feed at the moment and your algorithm is because that's exactly what you want. It's learned to feed you. Put it down. Get some sun in your eyes. Not artificial light through this. This is bad light. This is impure light. Get pure light. Pure light into your eyes. And going back to it, Jesus, purest. Purest light. I am the light of the world. And then what did he say? You are the light of the world. I don't want artificially stimulated dopamine being my hit that I need to get in life. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Go without it. Go without it. Do you know um, the number one fear, and this was with young women, was going without their phone. Young people, sorry. I thought it was young women you said. Okay, young women. It's young people. (laughs) I'm getting to the end where my words, I've used them all up. Okay. It used to be public speaking was number one fear. Number one fear was public speaking. Number two was death. So if you were at a funeral, giving the eulogy was worse than being in the coffin. (laughs) But now it's changed. Now the fear of being without my phone is number one. Or the battery going flat. And the second fear is being in public places. You think about that. My attention is now taken by an artificial presence and I hate being around people. Does that sound like a lie? Does that sound like a a huge deception? There's a whole um, group, a cult even in Japan, that they isolate themselves away in their homes. It's actually just agoraphobia. It's a fear that's come into them. And they've made a whole like subculture about these people who don't go outside their homes. Everyone is becoming like that. We are becoming so insular and show, so cut off from people. We are meant to be connected. We are, that's what the ecclesia is all about. We are not just coming to a place. We are the place. When we meet, we are the place. The word ecclesia was used so that when two Athenians from Greece met anywhere, they had an ecclesia there. They had Athenian authority right there. It changed the territory. So when we gather together as a church, we must be together. And this is going to grow. This is going to grow. This togetherness is what we are about. This is what Jesus came for us to be. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited to, to go into the, you know, this next season looking at what God's going to do. I am no joke. I'm really amped on this. My faith is right up there because I'm like, what are you going to do, God? Because I've got no idea. He's been chipping away at things in the church, just removing stuff. And I'm like, I don't know why we're not doing this anymore, but we've got to finish that. What are we doing instead? Nothing at the moment. That's really awkward for me. 
we've been knocking a lot of things on the head. I only just realized this now because God's been orchestrating it. I've been feeling lazy. And it's like, no, we need to be in a place where God can say, right, now I've got your attention, time to move. So the scripture I want to just finish up on with that is in Deuteronomy 1.29. Thanks, Regan. They began. <laughs> then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God. You've got to wonder, how would that have been coming out? When he said that, the Lord your God. These aren't just words read off a page. This is what he's saying to them. Do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you. As he did in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. Oh, I love this part. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. It's talking about reaching the, um, the promised land and then going into the promised land and taking it further. Carries his son. A father carries his son. I was looking at, like, um, Zildjian came in this morning. He's got... Yeah, harmony on his tummy. He's walking in, and she's, you know, she's just checking out the world. And Callum brings in Ezra. Ezra face plants right during an important part of worship, and screams and cries. Yes, you did, buddy. That was you. He's looking at me. He knows I'm talking about him. My goodness. I'm looking at how we carry our kids. You protect them. You're not like just. Well, I used. So I used to use them like suitcases you'd they'd be laying on the floor and you grab their shirt from behind and they'd be like just balance them and just walk along with suitcases but when we carry them we protect them we make sure that the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he leads me he leads me he's leading us he's leading you he's leading you how beautiful is that that you don't have to worry the lord is your shepherd this is the most important aspect of um, God's nature is shepherding. I've heard about leadership talks and everything, and somebody came up and says, we don't need more leaders, we need more shepherds. This wasn't even a Christian. This wasn't even somebody talking out of a, a, a Bible context. This was somebody saying, no, 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 in the context of what we need, we don't need more leaders telling us how to do it. We need more shepherds. When they went into shepherding, that's another story. The Lord is my shepherd. What a profound thing that David saw working with sheep that he saw, God, we're just like this. And the way that I love my sheep and I lay down my life on my sheep, that's what you do for us. How profound. Father God, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you for your presence in the words that have been spoken, in the prophetic word, in the songs that we've sung. And Father, in the, just in the, yeah, the instruction here. Lord, I thank you for your Father heart for each one of us. Lord, I thank you for growing that in us. Uh, and as your word says, I, speak, I write to you, children and young men and to old men. Father, I thank you for the different stages in our life and especially as fathers. Father, I thank you that we're going to have a great father heart in our church. It's not just going to be through the men. It's going to be just a non-gender yeah, specific father heart of nurture, of love, of comfort, of direction, of protection. Father, I thank you for the atmosphere of family in church. And I thank you for the forward movement in each life 
as you grow us, as you mature us, as you expand us, as you take us from glory to glory. And as it says in Psalms 23, you do it for your name's sake. It's not just for my benefit. It's because of how great your name is. You do it for your name's sake. Thank you, Father. Oh, your name is glorious. Your name is wonderful. You are healer. You are savior. You are provider. Oh, you are my banner. You're my shield. You are everything, Father. Thank you. Thank you. I speak favor. I speak providence over each life, over each household, and especially over each male in this place. Father, thank you for the identity that you have given us. Thank you for the Jesus call that you've placed on our lives. Thank you for the priesthood that you've called us into as men. Father, I thank you for the righteous line that you are establishing in our church and in our region of men that are going to be yeah, selfless and strong, hmm, holding the line in our community and advancing darkness backwards, sorry, advancing light, pushing darkness backwards. Father, thank you for strong men in our church. Strong fathers, whether they've had kids or not, thank you for strong fathers in our house. Oh, hallelujah. Have your way, Father. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Who agrees on that? Amen, amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.